Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hey, Single to Seal listeners, welcome back to another fantastic podcast. And we are here again with our friend, Liv Tally. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! We're excited to have you back on. So excited to be back. Thank you so much for having me. So just previously, and before we get into this podcast, I have to bring this up because it was an important conversation. So just previously, Brianna and I were arguing about how nothing happens fun after midnight. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, there's so many people that are having midnight lives and there's so many crazy things that can be done, appropriate things. <laughs> and and I was I want to know from Liv, like, what crazy thing have you done after midnight? Um, <laughs> what do I want to commit to on audio? <laughs> um, that's right everyone's listening um well I used to live in King Henry and anyone who knows about it can think whatever they want but we had really innocent fun dance parties and massage <laughs> trains which are Whoa. not as weird as they sound I promise <laughs> innocent and massage trains belong in the same phrase then <laughs> If, if people don't know where King Henry is, where is that? South of campus. This is the cool spot. Well, it was like, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> All right. This is at, uh, at at BYU, right? Yeah, yeah. South of campus. Yeah, so I never lived south of campus. I always lived uh, more towards like the Branbury, Raintree area. It mm -hmm. used to be the MTC West but it's really weird to think of like when the missionary training center had an extension, missionaries lived there were vacated. And then I live where missionaries used to stay. <laughs> it's kind of weird to think, but I don't know. I, it was a lot, a lot more chill, chill on that side. I don't know why that was my thing. You know, it's just how it turned out. I lived in off campus, like housing my entire time in Provo pretty much. So and Brianna also yeah. went to UVU. Yeah, I did. So I didn't well, even have too. the requirements. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I had some really good roommates too. Um, interesting stories that I'll have to tell you live off off podcast. <laughs> Great, I look forward um, to it. Perfect. College live. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we are going to dive right into our topic today. Our topic that we wanted to discuss and we brought Liv on to chat with us about is doubt versus fear and how that you know, relates and why it's important when it comes to dating and relationships. So it, I guess what kind of started this whole train of wanting to talk about this in an episode was I was actually listening to a birth podcast, a home birth podcast a few weeks ago, and they said something that was totally life-changing for me in that podcast. It was something along the lines of doubt and faith are both things that require us to believe in something that hasn't happened yet. And <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I was totally mind blown because I'd never really thought about it in that context. And I paused the podcast and I just sat there in silence thinking about it for a little bit. And I was just telling myself, this is insane. I've never kind of put it into words like that before. And it totally changed my perspective on doubt versus fear versus faith. And I started just thinking about all of those things. And then I turned to live and we kind of had a little chat via Instagram. And we were just talking about how, you know, kind of mind blowing it all is to put into perspective like that. And then we decided we want to do a podcast on it. So here we are. Yep. And that's going to end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just that quote, just marinate on that quote now. <laughs> That's all you need. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Liv, what do you think about that quote? I think it's amazing. And I think that oftentimes we um, we kind of put faith and fear 
on the opposite sides of each other. Um, and this is actually something that you mentioned on your podcast that um, that faith and fear are not the opposite, but that doubt is the antithesis of faith. Um, and that's something that honestly, I have been thinking so much about ever since you said it, um, especially in like the business world and in um, the dating world. It's so common to hear that like faith and fear cannot exist and that um, that if you have fear, it means that you don't have faith, like kind of that idea, right? But um, <clears throat> I think the reality is that fear is always going to be a factor and either you move into it with faith or you run away from it because of doubt but either way you can't really get away from fear yeah and for those of you who haven't really heard of this concept before of you know doubt and fear and and how they're not the same a lot of people think they are the same just different words and you know, synonyms which we're here to argue that it's not and so if you haven't really heard that we're going to kind of talk about the differences here what's the definition maybe of, of doubt and fear so what do you think brianna I don't know, just as you were talking about that right there, I was thinking of the story um, when Peter was walking on the water with Jesus. And you notice he didn't ask him, why didst thou fear? Because, <laughs> I mean, it had to have been pretty scary to be walking on these, you know, w waves. They're pretty big waves, I'm sure. And, you know, you've never walked on water before, so <laughs> it'd be kind of intense. But God was not like, why are you afraid? He said, why didst thou doubt? And it, it was... It was, I think, important to note that it was when Peter saw the waves and he wasn't just afraid, but he thought to himself that this isn't possible and, you know, I can't do this. And that was when he started sinking. And so I think even just the wording that they use in the scriptures, if you go back and comb through not just that story, but lots of stories in the scriptures, it's always doubt that is what is the most detrimental to most of the big stories on faith versus doubt in the scriptures. And it's not really fear as much as it is doubt. And they're very particular to, to say the word doubt. And I don't know, it's, I even think about, and I made a note here in our notes for this episode about the story of when Jesus went to the Garden of the Gethsemane. And not to say that, like, I know better than anyone else or anything, or I know this, you know, not to claim that this is 100% truth. But in my opinion, when Jesus asked God to take the cup from him, he said it if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. In my opinion, I think that came from a little bit of fear because the Lord saw this huge undertaking he had to go through and he was still, you know, half mortal and he knew it was going to be painful and, and hurtful and hard. And I'm sure it was a little scary for him. And I think it's important to note that he had that moment where he was like, God, please, if I don't have to do this, take it from me. But he was still willing to take that step forward. And I think that's a really good example for us with fear versus doubt, because he never doubted that he could do it. He never doubted that God was all powerful and all knowing and that that God had him. But he was, I'm sure, a little bit afraid to take this this huge thing on that he was about to do. I think another good example of that is like uh, Laman and Lemuel versus Nephi and Sam in the Book of Mormon, because you can imagine the Lord saying, get up, take your family, go into the wilderness, leave all your stuff behind. Like. You're not going to be like, that's cool, God. Everything's going to go perfect. That's swell. Like, just go. <laughs> like, there has to be a, a moment where you're just like, this is this is scary. Like, this is crazy. Do I really have to do this? You know, and the whole family's talking about this and being divided on the fact that I'm sure that you know Lehi and and Sam and Nephi are saying, oh man, this is kind of scary, but we're going to go and do as the Lord commands. Whereas Laman and Lemuel were the ones that were doubting, saying this is this is impossible. This isn't going to happen. Like, not only are they scared, are they having fear, but they're also doubting that that the Lord's command was real and that they would be protected. You know, so <laughs> just there's a very clear difference in the attitudes there, because I think a lot of stories we see in the scriptures, it doesn't mention that they were scared or had fear. But, you know, I, I'm sure that they did. Well, and um, the scripture that says, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. That's got to be him admitting 
I believe in this. I have faith in it. And I'm scared. So Mm -hmm. help me to keep moving forward with that faith instead of sliding back into my doubt. Yep, so. that's another another really good example for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I don't know. I think we could go. We could probably name a lot of stories here. I have so many that are circulating in my mind right now, thinking about this topic. Um, before we dive in deeper, I just wanted to give a little bit of a definition for both of doubt and fear, uh, for those who this topic is kind of new to right now. And I want to. We can chat a little bit about the differences between the two. So doubt, in in the definition form, is a lack of confidence distrust and an inclination not to believe or accept a claim um, or uncertainty of belief or opinion that interferes with decision making. Um, And then fear is an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imagined. I think that that perfectly ties into what we were just saying, um, giving, giving those definitions, because like we said, when you're, when you're doubting something, you just you don't believe that it's possible. You you have a a distrust in these abilities, and this could be the abilities of yourself, the abilities of God, and that's different than the, than the fear, which we're saying is the unpleasant feeling that you can have that makes you worried about a task that you have to do, but that doesn't mean that you don't think you can do it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when you hear these definitions, Liv? Like, what comes to your mind? Well, I think obviously I'm going to relate this back to dating. Yes. Because <laughs> um, that's, you know, this whole podcast and my whole jam. And I think that this concept is one that I really, really wish I could have heard or understood um, when I was younger. Because so often we hear from people who, get married um they kind of share with us these tropes of like oh well we just knew or there was never a doubt in my mind or these really really definitive statements about the person that they ended up marrying and um and that to me in my understanding of faith and fear not being able to coincide um that created a lot of doubt um, when I was dating because I never had that like, yep, this is it. This is the one. I'm not scared at all. I'm doing this and there's nothing terrifying at all about committing my whole eternity to someone else. And I think that's what ultimately really um, just scared me off from even trying to get into a lot of relationships was that I would meet someone and I would be scared. And that fear indicated to me that there wasn't um, peace or faith. And so then I would just write this person off. And what I, uh, what I was creating in doing that was doubt. And I do believe that that extended from a lack of confidence in Um, being able to embrace that fear and explore relationships and be vulnerable with people, even though it was scary. So all of that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I feel like a lot of our (laughs) listeners are totally going to relate to that because whether they're in a relationship right now and they have that fear of of commitment of forever, or they're they're not in a relationship right now and they're afraid that they're going to be alone forever or (laughs) that they won't meet someone or that they will and they'll mess it up or something like that. I know we receive a lot of messages from people asking about how to overcome that fear of rejection as well. That's a big Mm -hmm. concern we receive from a lot of listeners. And I think, I think understanding the difference between fear and doubt is a total game changer because even for me, like you said, when I was dating Jerry, I was super afraid to get married to him. I was like afraid of that commitment because I had seen so many marriages around me fail. My parents for one, the biggest one, right? And Jerry's parents' marriage is still together, but it's not in the best sorts, I guess you could say. And I mean, that fear is very real. And I felt the same way you did. Like, 
you know, how can this be right? And how can this be good if I feel fear? And how can I count myself as a faithful member who believes in God and the beauty of marriage and eternal, you know, eternity and all of that? If I have this fear, I must not have any faith in God and his plan for me. And mm-hmm. you kind of get down on yourself a lot because you hear so much that like doubt or fear and faith can't coexist. And so you you kind of say that doubt and fear are the same, which they're not. And it's a total human feeling to have that fear. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting is I think that fear is actually a predecessor to doubt. Like you will experience fear before you experience doubt as a result of that. In the same sense, you, in a lot of cases, will experience fear before you can really exercise your faith, you know, or, or your, um, your, or have your confidence uh, be strong or wax strong, you know, as they say. And, I think it maybe it's like a scenario where you're on this road and you don't know to go left or right. And I think this is a time for you to be, to realize like if I'm having fears in, in my dating experiences, identify what those fears are. And am I letting those fears veer off onto the side of doubts, which leads off like to a cliff or a a broken road? Or do I go down the road of, of faith, which leads to, leads to success and I, I really think that way because uh, we have to we have to realize here how we talked about that quote in the beginning that with both doubt and faith they're both something that hasn't happened yet but you may already be fearing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, and um, and I think that you really hit it on the head there. Um, the idea that somehow um, if there's fear there's an absence of God um, if faith and fear cannot coexist. And so that makes us afraid of fear and, um, and it causes us to, um, to doubt and to go into those different paths um, because instead of facing fear and walking into it, because we believe that through God and with God, we can get to the other side of it, um, then, then we're afraid to even move or even walk. And, um, and then, you know, if you think about it, like kind of the, the, uh, Lehi's vision where you're walking on the path. And I think I used to think that fear is what caused people to let go. Um, but I think that the whole path kind of is fear and you walk on it forward, holding to faith or you let go because you doubt. So that's yeah, just... that's a that's a great example. I'm happy you said that because that's what I was literally going to say. And I, was like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm bold enough to make that analogy, but if you thought it and I thought it, that could be inspired. That's totally inspired. And then when you think about it, the, what caused the people to leave, like you said, was the doubt, because I'm sure in their minds, they thought there's not really anything at the end of this that's worth it. There can't be anything that great. You know, or is there anything, anything even at the end of this, this iron rod for me to find? And whereas fear is, is something that totally could accompany the entire way down, because you're scared, maybe you're going to let go, or you're scared that you're going to trip, <laughs> or that, you know, you... I don't just anything I guess fear just in all forms could be accompanying you on that trip but you're not going to let go because you have faith that despite the fear and despite the hardships you're going to face on this walk to the tree of life that there is something there at the end of it that will make the fear and the hard times worth it. So I think this is a good time for us to all realize and maybe try to change the idea of what fear is or being scared means because we're given those feelings of having fear or being scared to protect us. Like we Mm -hmm. have those feelings for a reason and they, they protect us from a lot of things in this situation. This could be something that um, protects you from farther hurt and damage down the line because you're, you're seeing these things that hurt you and you're saying, you need to say, how can I fortify myself how can I be stronger as a result of these of these feelings and Jerry's the perfect person to talk about what fear truly is because he is a neuromonitor so he 
knows a lot about brain and like flight responses and stuff. And so if you were to dig down deep into like what fear is as like an automated response, what would you explain it as? Yeah, just our, we definitely have this automated response that, that makes us feel this way because, and this is the same thing that we're learning now with depression and anxiety, things like that. Like we have these neuroreceptors that are, that are firing and causing our body to do things. No, but at the same time, after those automatic responses happen, we still have power within ourselves to help change that to, for Mm -hmm. most people, unless, you know, I'm not going to discredit people who do have like these chemical imbalances that can cause more serious issues for them. But a lot of us, we can deal with that and cope with it, you know? So for example, if, if I see a spider come from the ceiling and I hate spiders, like I, I know I'm not the only one whose heart starts racing a little bit. Cause you're like, ah, oh, spider, like you freak out. Like, do you, can, do you stay freaked out? And just or, frozen there. Yeah. And the stay frozen there. <laughs> or like, or like, do you, do you move out of the way, calm down, realize, okay, it's just a little spider. I can handle this. Mm-hmm. So like in the end, like, even though I had this initial reaction, it's not something that I stayed in. I was able to regulate, regulate my body. To piggyback on what you were saying, I think it's important to note that like we're talking about here, fear is natural and fear can actually be your friend because it's something that's going to alert you when there's danger or when you should be concerned. And that's why we don't want to completely get rid of fear, especially I feel like in relationships, because sometimes fear can be a good thing. It can keep us out of danger, out of bad situations. Um, It can keep us aware so that we're actually watching for things like red flags or watching to make sure that this person is a good fit for us. And that you know, it will help keep us on our toes so that we know that we're making the good decisions and the right decisions. Um, but it's important that we keep control of it as well so that it doesn't become crippling and become and feed into that doubt that we're trying mm-hmm. to stay away from. And I think the word doubt is very limiting. It's a very limiting word because you're you're putting a halt and stopping your success when you allow yourself to think about the things that you doubt. Like I, I doubt that I will ever like doubt statements. I doubt that I'm ever going to find someone who's going to love me. I've been rejected so many times. I doubt that it's ever going to happen. But you're telling yourself this constantly. And just imagine how your mindset is going to continue to be when you feel this way, you know, versus I'm scared that, you know, I've been rejected so many times and I don't know if I'm going to find somebody soon, but I'm, I'm going to try my best to find somebody because I know God loves me and has a plan for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is actually exactly why the bulk of my coaching is centered around confidence and in actually arrogance. If anyone listening coaches with me, then uh, this is actually something that I talk about quite a bit because um, when you kind of put it in the parameters of dating, then fear, yes, it can indicate if, if something is wrong. Um, but I think your confidence can mitigate your response and teach you, okay, is this fear telling me that there's something wrong? Or is this fear telling me that this is a new space that I've never been in before? That is scary to me because it's new, but that I also have confidence to walk into. Um, And that's something that my own mentor actually really points out a lot with arrogance is that oftentimes we assign um, this negative connotation or definition to the word arrogance. At its core, arrogance is really faith. It is believing something that hasn't happened yet and not having doubt that it will happen. And when you put that in the context of dating, you're going to get rejected forever. <laughs> that That's never going to stop. Um, and even when you get married, you are still going to get rejected by your partner and it's going to be really different. And if you don't have the confidence to not only not be afraid or, or not doubt yourself when faced with rejection, but to boldly walk into it because you're arrogant enough to want what's on the other side, then that really positions you to um, be empowered by rejection. And um, 
And I say all of this actually with a caveat that um, if you're listening and you're like, okay, if someone tells me no, then that means keep pursuing until I get a yes. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But the difference is that you're going to break up every time until you don't. And you are kind of trained to see your past rejections and your past breakups as indicators for your future. And that's what a lot of my clients tend to kind of fall into is they're like, well, I've been rejected so many times. I've been told no so many times. I've broken up so many times or never had a date that I, I just don't believe that it'll happen for me. I don't believe I can connect with someone. And so that's why I focus so heavily not on dating strategies or tactics, but on confidence and on, on training your mind to see fear and respond to it with the belief that you deserve what's on the other side for you. Yeah, it's a perfect, perfect example and explanation. I, I think that as we've reached this point in the podcast, we've talked now a lot about the definitions of of these words and how they might present themselves in a dating experience. I think we need to talk about how we can change this, like how we can avoid having these doubts that are you know inevitably coming for a lot of these people. I think everybody at one point gets to a point where you're you're starting to doubt yourself. Or something, you know, doubt yourself or somebody else or or God for that matter. So how can we avoid that? Well, I think probably the main thing is learning what your needs are um, and really getting in tune with your design um, because you have to be able to hold the vision of the kind of relationship that you want and the kind of life that you are going to choose to live in order to overcome those doubts um, and to face your fear knowing that it's going to be scary, but you have to face what's scary in order to get what you want. Um, And just to um, get a little bit personal here, um, that that was something that was present throughout my entire relationship with my husband. And, and there are still things that come up that are scary. And, um, and that actually was something that I became really, really aware of just this concept of, of moving into fear on purpose. Um, because I, uh, actually had just gotten engaged and I, I told my husband that I was terrified and that that feeling of being scared made me question if I was doing the right thing, because if it's the right thing, then why would I be so scared? And, um, I, you know, we talked through that and, um, and I even called my sister and ultimately, um, they both were like, were like, if there's something wrong, then, you know, that's, that's a different question. And you need to ask yourself if you think there's something wrong, but you also need to ask yourself if you're just scared to do something you've never done before, because if that's all it is, that is perfectly normal. And that is also a huge blessing because it's, it's not like, oh, this big scary thing. It's just stepping into an unknown opportunity that I've been working so hard to get to and to choose for, it had been a year at this point of choosing him. And I just am saying I'm going to choose to do this forever. And I had never done that before. And it was scary. But it's okay that it's scary. And that is just kind of um, a compass by which I've actually kind of always lived my life um, and never really drew into dating. Um, 
is that I, I always live my kind of compass by if I'm not scared to do something, then I don't really want to do it because it's not challenging me. I'm not growing. I'm not becoming more or better or or different in any way because if I'm not scared, then that means I'm just doing what I've always done, what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, I love that. That was exactly what I was thinking as well when Jerry asked that question is, you know, if there's no fear, then what are we doing with ourselves? Because fear <laughs> comes from putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations because we've never been there before. Um, or sometimes it's because we've been there before and we have been hurt. If you're scared mm-hmm. to get in a relationship because you've been hurt in a previous relationship, that's totally normal. And that's just your body and your mind and your soul's automated response to worrying that it's going to happen again. But instead of letting that dictate our lives and control every decision we make, this is our time to embrace the fear and say, but I have faith that something good will come of me putting myself out there and me risking this rejection and me embracing this fear and that there is (laughs) someone out there for me to meet. If you can embrace that faith that there is something out there that's going to make this pain and this fear worth it, then we can step into that and we can take it, like you said, one step at a time. We're not going to go from one date to getting married in one day. (laughs) There's always people out there that have done that, but that's not what we're (laughs) encouraging on this podcast. But it's just taking the single steps. If you're so afraid of commitment, the first step to commitment is just going on that first date. Maybe, mm-hmm. shoot, if you're, if you can't even get yourself on a first date, it's, you know, putting yourself on a dating app and talking to people, or it's going out and hanging out with friends of the opposite sex and getting used to hanging out with people who aren't, you know, who could be potential people for you, I guess you could say. And mm-hmm. just taking those baby steps that are out of your comfort zone, but maybe don't freeze you in your tracks. Because the only way to overcome that doubt is to take it step by step and gain confidence with every step and replace that doubt with that faith that you can do it. Mm -hmm. As for like practicality and like, how do you do that? Cause I realized that's what Jerry originally asked um, (laughs) is so just like you said, that doubt that comes in with the fear, um, especially when it comes to commitment and being vulnerable, um, that is from a pattern of rejection and that that rejection if not given or taken in the proper headspace it can cause you to self-doubt and uh, a consistent pattern of rejection um, that eats away at your confidence it can cause a distrust of yourself and your own intuition And if you find yourself in that space feeling that, then kind of the first step to facing fear with faith um, is that you need to recreate that faith and that trust in yourself. Um, And that looks like exactly what you said, um, keeping little promises to yourself and saying, okay, I can go out in this really you know, safe, non-threatening environment just to church to meet someone. I can do this baby step and start building that trust again with yourself so that when you're in a situation where you can get rejected, instead of looking at that situation and saying, I've always been rejected before, I'm not even going to touch it. You can say, I've been rejected before but my intuition is telling me to go for it. And I trust my intuition. So I'm going to go for it. And I accept whatever's on the other side, whether it's a yes or a no, because I believe that either way, it's good for me. Because doubt would have you buy into the belief that it will always be this way. You will always be rejected. And Mm -hmm. what's the point? Because it will never work out for you. Whereas faith, accompanied by some fear would tell you, you know what, this is scary, but I do believe that there is a happy ending for me. I believe that I'm going to see the fruits of my labors, so to speak, (laughs) and that I'm going to keep pushing forward and taking those baby steps and and putting myself out there and risking that rejection and holding hands with that fear despite, despite everything that, you know, is telling me not to do it. Yeah, I have a couple thoughts um, on this idea. And maybe this is some specific examples that 
other people may may be dealing with. Um, so th- one of the biggest things I could think of for overcoming doubts is making sure that you are worrying about things that is in your power, like things that you can control. When I was dating, um, especially at BYU, um, I one of the one of the things that I was consistently doubting was the fact that somebody I, I had a hard time finding someone to like me uh, because of my ethnicity. And I think to some people that can sound silly, I guess, but to me, that was a real deal. And um, me being half white, half black, there's not a whole lot of um, African representation at BYU. And I know I, I quite honestly had moments where I felt like, you know, girls didn't want to give me the time of day because I wasn't their ideal man or church member. And I think that that was something that was difficult for me. But I spent a lot of time doubting my ability to date because of that. And I couldn't control that that's who I was. And so instead, you know, I had to be able to look back at myself and say, despite those things, you know, I believe that I can find somebody who's not going to think that way, that God has someone for me who's going to make me feel comfortable for who I am and what I look like. And that was a big, a big thing for me. So making sure that we're focusing on things that we can control. Another thing that happened with me is when I would have down times or I would break up with somebody, somebody would say, or, or break up with me, I would, I would might ask myself the question like a lot of people do, which is what, what's wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me? And I'll say that to somebody and then someone goes, oh, you're fine. Like you're perfect just as you are. To be honest, I really hate that. Like mm-hmm. that's such mm-hmm. a bad blanket statement that people always use to make people feel good it's on social you, on social me. media. <laughs> Guys, in most cases, I mean, we're not perfect. So why are we telling people like you're perfect as you are just to make them mm-hmm. feel better? That's not the case. Like we have to be able to take ownership. And I tell this to Brianna all the time, even when times when we fight, I was like, I know things can always seem one-sided when you're mad at the other person. But in a lot of situations, like there was, it takes two people to argue and there's always something that the other person could have done in the argument to improve that situation. And that's the same thing with dating. Just when you're dating and you realize that something didn't work out, you're not always going to get a perfect answer from somebody for why something didn't work out, but you're going to have the opportunity to really focus on yourself afterwards and reflect and say, what, why didn't this work out? Mm-hmm. No, why? How do I feel about this? And why do we break up? If you go straight to, it's because I was ugly, or you know, all these other things. Because I'll never meet someone. That's what yeah, you're telling. You're someone. missing on this opportunity. Nobody will ever want to be with me. To reflect, mm-hmm. because in this real instance, what if it was you? Like, what if it really was you? And you have you have these flaws that that are just really difficult for other people to overcome. People have anger management issues. People have you know issues being late all the time. There's a bunch of things that somebody. And it might not like that you have certain flaws that maybe aren't game changing for other people, but are for them. And just mm-hmm. things about yourself that you can really just improve and you have control over. And so I think you really have to be able to recognize your flaws and and work on them in a healthy way. Like, don't don't give yourself that answer when don't let someone answer your question of like, you know, what's wrong with me with no, don't worry about it. You're perfect. Like just don't, uh-huh. but also don't see see that phrase as such a negative one, and don't phrase it that way. Think of it like, you know, what what could I have done differently? What could I improve from this? You know, what's maybe something that I did in this relationship that didn't add to its success? There's better ways mm-hmm. that you could phrase that same thing without the negative connotation of the phrase that we know. Well, and I think a big big factor that gets missed is that a lot of people just don't even know what they really need in a healthy long-term relationship. And so that's why these things come up that um that we either really internalize or we ignore completely and say either everything is wrong with me or nothing is wrong with me. And the reality is that in either situation, they're both mindset coping mechanisms that indicate you don't really know what you need and you don't know how to ask for it. Because when you know what you need from a relationship, 
then you also believe that you can get it. And that's part of the confidence work. Um, and when you can pair those two things, um, then, and I said, and pair, not compare. <laughs> so when you pair um, both knowing what you need and believing that you can get it, then you don't need to internalize these situations and get really hard on yourself or seek for so much validation from other people because you don't need to assume anything about anyone. You don't need to say this person acted this way because they think this or this person broke up with me because they because I am this way or like whatever. All you have to pay attention to when you know your needs and you believe that you will find them is do I feel loved and valued by this person? And as long as the answer is yes, then that's going to be a good situation and a good relationship to pursue, even when it's scary, because you can say, okay, I have a fear coming up because, you know, maybe we need to have a serious conversation. Maybe we're fighting. Maybe we're, you know, getting more committed. But you know what? I've identified that this person can meet my needs. I've identified that they make me feel valued. And overall, in this relationship, I feel really cared about and, and prioritized and loved. So I can face fear with this person because I don't need to assume anything about them or assign any intentions to them. And I can just ask and say, what did you mean when you said this? Or where is this going? Or can we work through X, Y, Z together? And I think that really makes a difference. Yeah, I, I think that's a really great point because it's important to recognize that fear isn't doesn't equal bad. Like fear isn't bad, but fear can alert us of bad things or mm -hmm. new things. And so it's our job to recognize if the fear that we're feeling is because this is new and maybe uncharted territory or is it because this is bad? And so I think that kind of feeds back to what we've encouraged our listeners before to do is have a dating journal. Um, this is a good time to write down your feelings and kind of dig deep and see where is this fear coming from? And like you said, is it because of how this person treats me or is it because I'm scared of commitment or is it because <laughs> I'm worried that I won't be able to do A or B or C or is it because I'm worried about being intimate, you know, and this is your time to dig deep and see why am I having this fear and take that moment to recognize, you know, is this something that I can I should move forward with? Is this person really meeting my needs? And is this coming from a, just a place of this being new and, and, you know, lots of new feelings are coming with this uncharted territory. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Brianna. All right. I think that pretty much wraps up our episode today on fears versus doubt. I, man, this was really good for me. I think that, I hope this is really good for you guys. I think that the, just the way that we're able to break down these words really changes the way that we can, you know, experience our lives and especially here, our dating experiences. It's so important, like we talked about, for us to recognize that we see fear as negative, but fear can be seen as positive. And it can lead us in a direction that allows us to have good change or a way for us to strengthen our confidence. And I think that if that's just something that anyone can take away from this podcast is that we need to be able to have that faith and confidence to continue on and know that there's something for us and that doubting just leads to dead ends and you know, a depressing lifestyle. Just to restate that quote that we stated in the beginning that says, doubt and faith are both things that require us to believe in something that hasn't happened yet. So buy into the correct thing. To lead back to what Liv has said on her Instagram that I love is, <laughs> when are you going to stop buying your own bull crap? When are you going to stop buying the bullcrap that Satan specifically, I want to say, is giving us the bullcrap of doubt, right? That he wants us to believe that there's there could ne never be anything good for us in this world, especially not when it comes to dating and relationships. And that's what he wants us to believe. Most certainly. <laughs> Liv, do you have any final thoughts? 
Um, yeah, I, I would actually uh, just want to point back to the anecdote that I shared about um, when I, I felt very fearful or scared after getting engaged. Um, then actually the decision and the confidence to move forward and to get married um, came from knowing that Christian is a man who has shown up for me and made me feel very safe throughout our entire relationship. And because I knew that he met my needs and I could genuinely sit there and ask myself, even in this fear, and say, do I feel loved and valued in this relationship? And do I trust that he will continue to love and value me as I promise to love and value him? And when the answer was yes, then it was still scary, (laughs) but I had the confidence and the faith to move forward and to move past it and not let doubts come in and make me take the ring off or say no or go back on my word because I truly could say yes I feel valued in this relationship and that's the ultimate feeling that um, is important to pay attention to. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just before we close today, I wanted you to share a little bit more about your retreat that you have going on. If you follow Liv on Instagram, she has this really cool singles retreat that I want her to talk <laughs> a little bit about before we close. So Liv, take take the floor, take the stand. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so I love, love, love the timing of this podcast because, yes, as Brianna mentioned, um, I am hosting a my first ever singles retreat, um, and it's a singles coaching retreat. So if you've ever been to like <laughs> a water stake singles conference that are kind of like a getaway and you meet singles and all of that, um, not to rag on that, but it's supposed to be a lot more um, a lot more efficient, I guess, because. Um, You're not coming to just meet other singles, although you definitely will. And it'll be in person and it'll be down in St. George where it'll be, you know, warm and we'll take excursions to be outside. Um, But the majority of this weekend retreat is to teach you what your needs are in a relationship and the confidence in creating it. Um, And in a very real and literal way, you actually get a workbook to map out what your eternal relationship looks like and means to you that you can use when you're dating um, to really be able to identify, okay, this is a good match for me, or I don't feel right about this relationship. And I can identify why, because I've mapped it all out. So it's very tangible um, and it's pretty deep inner work. Um, Typically, I actually teach this as a group coaching program over two months, Um, but I'm doing it just over a weekend in this kind of new fun setting because um, I, I want singles to be able to learn this, especially if you have a list because I hate lists. Um, but also i i want singles to be able to actually meet and engage with other people who are doing the same work and are taking dating seriously but not like too seriously you know like there's harmony to be struck there and that's what this retreat is really designed to do and i am hosting it with my husband so he's coming and you guys can meet him finally Oh, hot Christian. (laughs) In the flesh. So it should be super fun. I'm really excited. Well, that sounds really fun. It really does. I I wish I could go. (laughs) I think I would have loved something something like that, you know, back when I was still the uh, the Uno. Um, (laughs) When, did you mention when it was? I don't remember. 
Oh, I didn't. Um, it's July 9th and 10th. Um, and uh, travel and stay just are the only things that are not included so that people can feel comfortable with their, you know, traveling and, um, and hotel or whatever accommodations. Um, I, I just wanted people to find ease with whatever felt best for them. But, um, but then everything else is included. Um, we're doing the actual coaching, which will be the majority of our time at a resort. And, um, so obviously we'll be taking care of food. We'll be taking care of the excursions. Um, and it should be just a really, really fun weekend. I'm going to correct you. It will be a really fun weekend. You guys, <laughs> new listeners, be. <laughs> if you, you've been waiting for a sign to help get that confidence you need and to learn more about yourself and how to succeed at, in dating and relationships. If you've been waiting for that sign, this is your sign. If you're listening to this now to contact live and get signed up so that you guys can go on this awesome singles retreat that I wish had existed when I was single because it sounds fun. <laughs> and St. George sounds amazing. <laughs> Liv, do you but already I, have, do you already have people signed up for this event? I do. This is actually by application only. Um, and I'll have, you guys leave a link um, in the bio if anyone wants to apply to that and come. You can also find it on my Instagram page. Um, but it is an application um, because I do want to make sure that the people who are coming are ready to do this kind of work. Um, and that is kind of important to the environment for um, learning and so much vulnerability. And I have already accepted, um, most of the male slots. Um, and so especially if you're a girl listening, you want to jump on that ASAP so that you can come meet some of these guys who are just really, really awesome. And I'm so excited to bring people together. Okay, so you have a limit to the amount of signups then? Yes, yes. So with, don't um, wait, <laughs> with all the restrictions, we're keeping it actually kind of small so that um, so that we can make it a really good and um, like safe experience for everyone. Definitely. Perfect. Well, we will make sure we link all of that below in the show notes. Of course, if they have any questions or want to discuss more of this with you or possibly are interested in coaching with you, we'll also have all of Liv's links there in the bio <laughs> or in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. We are so grateful for you coming on to talk about this with us today, Liv. You're awesome. We <laughs> love you. And we hope that our listeners learned a lot today. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.